going on, all you panhandle people up there near Stratford, Texas? Welcome to Talking Throws Podcast, Texas Style. This is episode 60, part two with Cody Brotherton. We hope you got to check out part one. Um, it's just got a great story to tell, and we look forward to listening to the rest of it here today. Thank our sponsors real quick, Texas Track and Field Coaches Association. Go to ttfca.org for the latest news in track and field. Indoor meets are posted. They've got their recruiting list. He's got the winter clinic coming up. Lots of great information out there on that website. So make sure you go, guys go and check that out. And then our favorite implement company, fourthrows.com. Go to fourthrows.com, use the code TALKINGTHROWS10 to get 10% off. They've got training tools, shots, discus, hammers, javelins, anything you can think of. Um, go check them out. Um, and Port-A-Circle, port-a-circle.com. Go check them out. Guys, this is a great time of year to get you some porta circles. You don't want to miss out on all those reps. It makes throwing more easily accessible. You can just put it anywhere and get you a good um, image of what that ring looks like so you can work on all your throws and do lots of drills. If you're in the Austin area, man, go check out Ready Up Athletic Development. You guys follow him on Instagram. He's awesome. Zach, I'm sorry, is always posting some great things out there. Go to readyupad.com or go to readyup on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, also, remember, go check out the Throwing Factory, throwingfactory.com. Coach Hayes and I, we've got lessons going on. We've got Coach Smith. Um, Kai Smith, and then we've got Coach Charvis. So we've got lots of coaches ready to start doing some lessons. So reach out to us. Um, we would love to get you plugged in somewhere so that you can um, be introduced to throwing. Or if you're already, you know, a thrower, we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you just to help you improve, improve those distances. And um, we love you guys for listening to this little podcast of ours. Go download it, subscribe to it, give us some feedback, um, give us a thumbs up, check it out on YouTube, um, all of the great things you can do um, with technology. So go check that out. All right, here is part two of our discussion with Cody Brotherton. So we're excited to hear what he has to say. So how was, you know, being a coach, probably your first time ever recruiting and and doing all that type stuff how what's he what's your approach to recruiting and if some kids are are listening you know I maybe have aspirations of throwing in college whether at d3 d2 d1 or junior college what what advice would you give them yes so now I coach for a purpose so kind of my approach to recruiting is I really do. And, and so with the classroom stuff, this is where I can kind of save face a little bit. Like, you know, I coach in a way of like, I'm teaching, I want to teach them to be great human beings. So my coaching is yes. How do we get good at the throws? And I'm very driven. My, my athletes, they can tell you that, right? Like I'm really driven for results, but beyond that, I want to teach very specific and great mental and life skills to, to my throwers. And so you know, in some ways, my throws coaching is more mind coaching than anything. And I think I take that from Mac Wilkins. Mm-hmm. I coach the mind more than anything when I coach my athletes. Um, and so I'm also a life coach. So I do life coaching as well. Um, and so if anyone out there needs a life coach, you know, you can you can call me. And, uh, I, so you I accept like, Bitcoin. You have your license. You have your like a licensed life coach. Um, yes, doctor. I've done a certificate, but it's. Yeah. Life coaching certificates are 
loose. Yeah, I got <laughs> you. Yeah, I got so you. most of that really comes from my personal training and nutrition coaching, though. And gotcha. so like a lot of my nutrition coaching that I am licensed to do is, is kind of a, a holistic, you know, life coaching, immersive type of pers- okay. precision nutrition. Um, it's a very, you know, full life thought, thought patterns type coaching. Um, but anyway, so I'm, I'm coaching the whole person and I'm, I'm coaching them to be great people. Um, that's what I really want. Um, now that being said, you know, we, we want to throw far and, and we're going to really, like I said, we're about to really take off, um, as a throwing program. All right. So my goal is to be eventually we're, we're not there yet, but we're making great strides in that way. I want to be one of the top. I want to be the best division three throws program in the nation. That's my goal. Um, and, and that's going to take some time to build, but man, we got the kids right now that are going to help us make big strides in that direction. Um, and so, so it's a very exciting time. Um, when I'm recruiting, you know, my first step is, is really, I just pray and I just trust. <laughs> I really do. I, I pray and I trust for God to bring the right kids to me. Um, and what's pretty cool is like, I have some really gifted athletes right now and on every one of them, I could tell you a story how I didn't find any of those kids. So basically most of the kids that come to me have happened by accident in some way. And that's, that's just the truth, you know, now after that, yeah, maybe I've got on the phone and had those conversations with them, but you know, it's like, you know, one of them, you know, I was personal trainer to their girlfriend's mother. I didn't know anything about the kid. And another kid, one of my other athletes, you know, knew the kid on Snapchat and sent him a message. Like so many of the stories are happening this way. So I really trust deeply. I trust God deeply, right? Like we don't have to worry about all the things that we worry about. Like the right things are going to happen. So I just trust that, you know, God's going to bring me who needs my coaching. And then he's going to bring me who I'm ready for in some ways. And you just, you just kind of trust that. Um, So that's, that's my approach to recruiting. Um, a lot of the time. Um, the one thing I do want to say, if, if anyone's listening to this, is just give Division Three a pitch, right? And to give Division Three a look, um, because everyone wants that scholarship in Division One and Division Two. And like I said, I've been there. I've seen that side of it as well. I have student loans I'm paying off now too, so I understand that side of it. But Division Three is just such a Division Three track and field is such a great sport. Um, and I want to pitch this and not be too negative about division one or division two, but I mean, to get to a national meet at those levels and even some of the conference meets because of the scholarships, because of some of the athletes being, you know, international athletes that are, you know, coming in very proficient already, you know, getting scholarships and competing, um, you know, it's hard to say, like, I don't ever limit anybody, but, you know, if you're not one of those top 10, 15 throwers in the state of Texas, you know, you may never get to a national meet. So you, you have to look at that as, as you balance what, what your goals are. If their goal is to get a scholarship and to throw and have fun, then, you know, that is the right choice for them. Um, but I think division three is this great sport where it's generally, you know, 18 to 22 year old athletes that are coming out there for the love of the sport. And man, if you make the national meet in division three, you're very proficient in track and field as well. So it's not like, it's just like a, something that's easy to do either, you know, um, you know, like I threw 61, nine to win a national championship in, in division three, two years ago, 63, six, that won in the shot put, you know, um, so 210, 220 in the hammer, 
um, in the men's hammer. So, I mean, it, it really takes really good throwing um, in division three still to make that national meet. But I just think that for a lot of kids, like they're going to enjoy that experience more. Um, and so I'm really thoughtful. So let me talk you through an experiment of why. So the army did this, I, I it was the air force. The air force did this uh, experiment where they put the lowest performers with the highest performers and they thought that they would raise them up. Okay. And so a and D were together. The lower performers did worse when they were with the highest performers. And that's because the gap was just mentally too tough for them to, to climb. But what they did is they put one level, they did another experiment after that failed. They did the next level and one level below that. So they did like C and D and they were able to pull them up. Um, because they were just one step ahead and that actually got the best out of them. So I remember talking to a high jumper, right? That we had a seven, one high jumper. He was really good. And we were at a big meet where they were jumping seven, five, seven, six, something like that. And I told him, I said, I don't want you to jump against those guys who are jumping seven, six. That's too much of a gap for you. And so mentally that doesn't put us in the chance for us to succeed at, at our best level. So I said, I want you to find that person that's just one click ahead of you. That's what I want you to jump for. You know, like you've jumped seven foot before. I want you to compete against the guy that jumped seven one. Well, he did that and he, and he set his PR that day. He jumped seven one. And so when we see like that next step, we get the best out of ourselves. But if the gap of what we're going for is too much, then we can't go after that. So like, let's say you're throwing 150 and you want to throw 200. I tell my kids hate it when I say this, I say, I want you to throw 155. That doesn't mean you can't throw 200, but you got to throw 155 first and yeah. you need to throw 155 a thousand times for me. And then once you throw 155 a thousand times, then you can go throw 160. And if we'll take those small steps, we can get to where we want to go. But if you're trying to throw 160, or I mean, if you're trying to throw 200 and you're a 150 thrower, you're probably going to throw 130 because you're trying too hard. You're, you know, you're putting yourself at a psychological disadvantage. Um, it's just the task is too overwhelming. Um, so it's just that old saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And that's what throwing is, right? You have to have the mental persistence to, to eat an elephant, but you got to do it one bite at a time. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's now, really good. Now, just clarification, you do coach girls and boys? Yes, that's correct. Okay. That's okay. correct. Now, how many, how many people are on your squad right now for girls Ooh. and boys? It's, it's this cool thing, man. This is glory to God. Um, I got 31 throwers right now. Wow. wow. We're going to probably be, after we add some more javelin throwers to the team, we're probably going to be close to 35, 36. Now, a few of those are multi-athletes. So I coach the multis in the throws. And so oh, well. you know, I count them in there and they'll throw at our conference meets. You know, some of them will throw open events for us as well. So um, our conference, you can have five throwers in the four events. I have the men and the women's team. So I technically have 40 slots um, that I can fill. Now, you know, I have a couple of my female throwers that can do four events. They're very talented. They do all four. I try to never let that happen, you know, but sometimes you just have to. Yeah. I generally like to cap it at three events, how, but. How do you divide up your throwing sessions with all those athletes? <laughs> you're you're busy from seven a.m. to seven p.m. with throwing. That's basically <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm I'm out there at eleven to seven. Basically, uh, I take protein I take protein drinks on the field for lunch, mm -hmm. and I drink it and coach. You know. 
there's a couple of times scheduled in where, you know, like today, one of my female discus throwers was throwing disc and that's where I got my practice in as well. I, I practice Tuesday, okay. Wednesday, Friday, Friday, we have a competitive day and I compete against them. I talk trash to them. We have fun. Um, so I get my throws in there too with them, you know, but that's pretty much it. I get out, you know, at 11 and I get done about seven and, you know, drink my protein shakes on the field. And that's, that's my schedule most of the days to, to get most of that in. Um, what's been really cool is I've, I believe in learning theory that, you know, learning to teach is part of learning the process mm -hmm. as well. So, man, a lot of our throwers are helping each other and that's a big part of our process. Um, and that's how I'm able to do it. But the cool thing is, is like, that's helping them be their best selves as well. And so even at a deeper level of all of life, um, it's this principle, like if you want something for yourself, give it. Um, so if you want wealth, then, then be a generous person. Um, so that principle goes into the coaching as well. And I try to teach that to my athletes, like, Hey, teach this to somebody else and you'll probably become a better thrower um, for yourself. So. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So, huh? His master's career. I was, see, she's oh, sorry. already. <laughs> sorry. Ask so, your question. So what, so what made you, she wants me to ask you about the master's throwing, which I was. <laughs> yeah. So what made you realize you wanted to pick it back up and get back in, you know, in that competition? <laughs> this is a good story too. That's so that's why I was like, I got to go get my charger for this. This is a good story. Yeah. Um, it's kind of this crazy thing. Um, so when I was done and I was throwing 61 nine, right? Like I'm like, okay, you know, I'm ready to go train. Hopefully really close. I could see, you know, get into a national meet the next year. Like let's train one more year, you know, maybe just for fun, go do a couple meets in Europe and, and try to hit that circuit. So yeah. I had a pretty bad hand injury my senior year and I still mm -hmm. threw 61 nine. I mean, I'm talking my hands hurt so bad when I threw 61 nine, like, a two-year-old girl couldn't shake my hand without me like going to the ground in pain. And I messed that up at Texas Relays. <laughs> so anyway, that's a long story. But anyway, so I knew, like I said, I always had a really good idea of what I was able to throw. Usually within six inches, I would know for a meet. And so all of my metrics told me like at my national meet my senior year, I was ready to throw 19, 1950. So somewhere mm -hmm. 60, 62, 62.6, I think it's 19 meters, something like that, um, to 63, somewhere in that range. I was ready. Um, so I was like, man, you know, I'm at this pretty high level of throwing. I'm ready to go on. And so, you know, the Lord just told me, he's like, no, this is going to be your last year. I want you to lay it down. I want you to go do your music ministry for me. And so, um, again, I'd like to say like, okay, Lord, and I just did it right. But no, I was very hard headed. I wrestled with that all year long. And finally, <laughs> after the Lord won, I said, okay. And so I had man, great, great time in ministry. I don't regret that, but I didn't touch a shot put one time. I didn't touch a discus one time in 12 years. Um, and then at 35 years old, I was a personal trainer and I was reading a book by Dan John. And um, so reading the book, Dan John was, is a personal trainer. He's awesome, by the way. Great resource for so many things. He had his, uh, he has his master's in religious studies while I was in grad school at the time, getting my master of divinity. I was a personal trainer. 
And then he starts talking about throwing. Well, he set his lifetime PR on the discus at age 40. Um, oh, he threw wow. 60 meters at age 40, which was his lifetime PR. So I think he threw like 185 in college, but he actually set his um, lifetime PR. Um, oh, wow. 60 meters when he's 40 years old. And I never thought that like that was a possible thing. And so I was like, holy cow, I can still throw. So I talked to my dad about it. I talked to my wife about it. I talked to a couple of friends about it. I'm like, I'm thinking about throwing again. And, you know, I was hoping somebody would talk me out of it. Nobody did. <laughs> I called Jared Cook at ACU. You know, I was like, hey, I'm thinking this crazy thought. He didn't talk me out of it either. He said, come on out and throw with us. And so I threw at ACU one day a week and I threw at McMurray one day a week just to kind of train with their athletes. And really, <laughs> yeah. So awesome. that's how I got the coaching job. I didn't finish that story of how I got to be a coach at McMurray. That's I was through with them there at McMurray for a year. And then their throws coach left really cool dude. He just got a, a really good gig. He's a strength and conditioning guy and he was doing throws also. And then he got a promotion to Houston Baptist. He's okay. doing strength and conditioning there. So there was no throws coach and I was there. I was a pretty obvious choice for them after that. But again, that was the Lord's hand leading, leading me back there. Um, oh, okay. But so I threw that first year, the first day I went out, this is a pretty cool story. You know, I'm like, I haven't touched a shot in 12 years, not one time, mind you. Like I did not know what to expect. So it was pretty rough, pretty rough. And then I got a few spins in and then like this last one, I kind of like, oh yeah, you got to get outside of the ring with the shot and go. And I was able to do that. I hit 50 feet on, on that throw, which I was uh -huh. pretty proud of. So, wow. so that first year back, I went ahead and did the, the U.S. national meet, uh, U.S. masters national meet in Washington, which was, which was really cool. Got to have a good trip, a good experience there. Um, and I won the 35 to 40 year old um, U.S. in the shot put. I didn't throw a disc because it was like spaced out three or four days later. And we have, you know, we, we have two kids, um, but Harper at that time was like eight, eight months old or something. So okay. we couldn't leave her for that long. Um, so my wife got to go on that trip with me and we left the kids with, with, uh, with grandma. So that was a great, great trip. Um, the next year though, I'm pretty proud of, um, came back the next year and I threw 54 one in the shot. Um, okay. and I threw 45 meters in the disc, um, that in February of that year. Um, and so, you know, I was planning on training the whole rest of the year and I threw 54 one. Um, and I just had this moment where I was like, I'm really proud of that. I am done throwing this heavy ball. <laughs> I'm done throwing the 16 pound shot. Now, that being said, like I, I still may take like three to six weeks to train for another, you know, yeah. US or world masters championship. I, I still kind of plan on doing a world masters championship at some point. Um, but really now I'm throwing discus. So I still train. So discus is what I'm throwing. Um, so part of this story, which is good, is like I had a lot of success with shot put, but I've kind of had this unresolved business with discus where, you know, 163 is my high school PR, but I was throwing 185 in warm up at the state meet and I was ready to do that. And, yeah. um, you know, what's cool for, I want to really put that out there for young throwers to hear like, Hey, I just choked. I just choked. I threw 150. My junior or senior year, I never had one meet. I threw less than 160. And at the state meet my senior year, 
I choked. Um, but that helped turn me into the person who won you in college three national championships on the, on the last throw. Um, so those hard times are sometimes the most important things that we can have. Um, but all that being said, discus is a lot more fun to throw at my age. And so my lifetime PR is around 52 meters in disc. And Dan John had his lifetime PR at 40 years old. So I'm 39 this year. So I got this year and I got next year. I'm going to set my lifetime PR on the discus, right? That's, that's my goal. With the 2K, um, right? With the 2K, yeah. yeah okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So I threw the 2K further than I did in high school. You yeah. know, as far as a legal mark, like I said, I, I had multiple marks over 185 in high school with the yeah. disc. You just just never put it together. And again, that's part of this, right? Like this unresolved, unresolved business here. But I can't tell you like how important for my coaching it is for me to still be throwing as well. Um, that's that's helped me learn. So I still throw. I still throw shot against them a couple of times in that competition that we talk about. Yeah. And then I throw hammer against them for fun. Yeah. Um, they can beat me at hammer though they got me <laughs> well i've heard people you know you you still create that feel of of you know the movements and the entry and the finish and you talked earlier about you know missing the block a little bit and rotational sh shot put you know you can get those feelings so that's easy to translate you know into your coaching and instruction for sure man yes sure. absolutely absolutely it really is yeah so it's been fun. The masters, the master thing has been really cool. Um, yeah. I love it. It's a great community. So that's my other side is like, Hey, you can, you can go run a hundred meters, right? You can throw shot. You can throw disc. You can throw, you know, shots pretty heavy. Disc is not too bad. Yeah. Hammer's really a fun event. Javelin get some coaching, but you can go do that too. Like you want to know what you're doing or you can mess some things up pretty bad. But yeah. if, you know, for these masters events, man, this is such a great community. Um, and it's a lot of fun and you can go, like we got to go to Seattle, you know, I almost got to go to, a, you know, I could have gone in 2019 um, when the COVID thing hit, I was going to go to the world masters championship in oh, Toronto. Yeah. And because I was top four in the world, us track and field, would, uh, I was ranked top fourth in the world um, that year. So U.S. track and field pays for your trip. So I was going to go to that meet, that World Masters Championships in Toronto. Um, but again, it got shut down because of COVID. So um, have you crossed paths with Eric Cole? Yes. Yes. Okay. A couple of times. So he was at that, you know, uh, Seattle meet. Yes. He was at that Seattle meet. And yeah. then we did a Texas championship in Hutto that year. And that's where I met him the first time. Yeah. So, man, I'm trying to get connected. Like I almost there had those meets in Lockhart and I tried to make it two times this year. One of them was my hall of honor induction ceremony. And the one before that, like I was going to be able to go to the day before and I don't remember, but you know, just something came up so I couldn't make it. I really wanted to go. So I'm going to make some of those meets. So, um, but that master throwing thing, such a great community. Those are really cool people. And, and it just keeps your event. brain working and everything, you know, that you can bring out and do your job as well. That's so cool. So yes, we've kept you off for a long time, but I want to get into that hall of fame induction. You know, how are you notified of that? And, and what does that mean to you? Excuse me. What does that mean to you to kind of, you know, say that your peers have recognized what you've done to get that induction and stuff? It was, it was really cool. Um, so our athletic director called me um, and I didn't answer the call <laughs> on the first time when he called. 
but uh, he had a North Carolina, he has like a North Carolina number. So I didn't recognize it. So anyways, like call me back as soon as you get this. So I was like, Oh, what happened? So I called him right back and he, he gave me the news and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Um, but I tell everybody when I was there, I didn't really know what to expect, but I really wasn't necessarily expecting to get emotional. Um, but I had an emotion that I never have had before. And I've struggled to tell people what it was because I haven't experienced it before. You know, it was just kind of this feeling of, you know, honor and, you know, accomplishment. Again, like I said, I really have struggled how to uh, communicate that feeling because it's something I never had before. It was like just this onset of like, this is, this is really a reverent and, and very humbling experience. It's, it's a humbling experience too, you know, to be like, like we talked about, like, man, all these things that have lined up for me, first, the grace of God has, has allowed all this to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, all the coaches I've had, my dad and my brothers, you know, working hundreds of hours with me, you know, all the great coaches I had meeting Barbara Krausen, you know, Luke Hurst coming in my sophomore year. Like he taught me how to train my tail off in the weight room also. I mean, and so he, he shaped me from, a small thrower to somebody who was incredibly strong and strong enough to throw far as I did. And if I wouldn't have had him, you know, I would have been a good thrower, but this would have been a different story. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't have five national championships. There's just, you know, I would have had a good career, maybe two or three all American trophies, yeah. but I wouldn't have achieved that level. And, um, and so it's very humbling to see like, man, all these things lined up and you have the teammates and, and, sometimes things go your way. And, and so you just, it's a humbling experience. It was, it was really cool. Um, something I'm proud of. The Texas Track and Field Coaches Association. Coaches education through our annual winter clinic, the state's number one track and field clinic. Texas Track and Field Promotion. Our postseason meet of champions. Lobbying efforts with the state's governing bodies. The Texas Track and Field Hall of Fame. If it involves Texas track and field, we're at the forefront. Join our mission in continuing to make Texas track and field the nation's best. I still talk to Jared on a regular basis since she's right down the road. Oh, yes, definitely. You know, we had this great idea that we're going to get together once a month and have lunch, and we usually get it done once or twice a year. And then once you start practices, that doesn't happen. But, you know, that's the great thing about Abilene. If yeah. you're going to do track and field, go to Abilene because you can have six home meets <laughs> every year. And, um, and we travel a lot, too. So, I mean, it's actually a really nice thing. So we compete against them, you know, multiple times a year. We'll go to That's their awesome. meet, you know. And so, yeah, I get to see them quite a bit. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, so how I'm going to switch gears a little bit. How do you become a life coach? You said it's there's a lot of different ways, like. How yes. did you become a life coach or what ways do you suggest well, that someone wanted to become a life coach? Go on social media and you say, I'm a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. I mean, I coach middle school, so I feel like I'm a life coach. I mean, Correct. every day Correct. I was like, but I didn't know if there was like a. A license or something. Yeah, a license where you can say I'm a life coach or. There's a lot of them. And so. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of different ones that are going to teach you 
um, different techniques on psychology or, you know, success philosophy or ways to think all those types of things, neuro-linguistic programming, you come across that quite a bit, which is good or bad or whatever. For me, it was just a uh, combination of um, my master divinity. I took lots of psychology classes because I was in family systems. Um, So that's this huge base. And then being a personal trainer is life coaching in a lot of ways. Um, And then I just have this I have this mind that just like I read research, I read PubMed, I, I study functional medicine for fun. Um, oh, okay. And then through the nutritional coaching, I didn't know it at the time, but that program that I did, Pre- Precision Nutrition, is basically, I mean, it's just a life coaching program in order to teach people how to change their life through nutrition. Um, and so through personal training, though, I found like, hey, this person needs to exercise. You gotta, you gotta attack their life skills, their time management skills, the way they think about themselves, the way they think about life. Like there's no separating who you are from anything that you want to do in life. And so basically for me, it was like this natural progression into it um, because I just found that the mind is where you make real change anyway in nutrition, whatever you want to do in your life, that all those things really begin in the mind. Yeah. So that precision nutrition level one uh, license that you have, is that more of like a micro thing on their food nutrition and stuff? Kind of walk us to what that means. Yeah, it's a, it's a habit change program. Okay. You know, so it's a habit based, habit based changes. So week one, you learn how to portion your food. Week two, you learn how to eat protein. Week three, you learn what carbs are, you know? And, and so it's just this habit based approach. You do two, you do one thing for two weeks. Um, and it may be like, hey, we're not going to tell you to take anything away, but you're going to eat your protein and your vegetables first. Then if you want to have candy at the end of your meal, well, you can, but we have good stuff in first. So it's a very progressive step-by-step, you know, mindset change. And then it comes with daily lessons. Um, but becoming a precision nutrition level one coach is one of the better things I've ever done in my life. That program is incredible. Um, they have a level two as well something I've always wanted to do, but things just didn't go that way for me. I know that that'd be a great program, but, but also if you're looking for nutrition help, you know, man, precision nutrition is, is an incredible program. Um, so it's, it's really good. It's a really good program. You get like a daily email, you know, that's all sorts of stuff from like using the power of gratitude in your life. And you would say, how does that affect my eating? Well, again, we're not, these vacuums of people. So the way we think, the way we approach everything is how you approach anything. Oh, that's that's true. Cool, man. Cool. Well, we're getting, we're getting along on the time. So just a couple things. If any student athlete is looking to come to McMurray, what are three good things that you would tell them about McMurray University? Yes. So I always say number one about McMurray is it's just great people. If you can say anything about McMurray, it's just great people. Um, that's why I fell in love with McMurray. You know, when I was on my visit, I met Coach Krausen, but I just met, you know, a professor over here and the, you know, I met the dean and everybody's just great, friendly people. It's a very small campus. Um, you know, everybody, you're going to be known um, and it's full of great people. So that's number one. Um, number two, we, we do emphasize uh, academics okay so i know earlier i said i wasn't a great student but that's just me being honest okay um but we we emphasize it big time and so um what we're better at than anybody in the state of texas 
any university is 10 years out of school having people um, having jobs in their career field that they graduated from. We're number one in the state of Texas, um, 10 years out of people having jobs in their career field of choice. And so we do a lot of networking, internships and things like that to help our students be marketable so that when they're graduating with a degree that they have that next step ready to go. And so we're helping people get jobs in the career fields they want. To me, that's the point of going to college. Yeah. Um, so maybe you have a student loan, you're probably gonna have one most places you go, will at least help get you a job <laughs> so you can pay that yeah. thing off. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of value in those two things, the social experiment, the social experiment experience of being known um, and knowing people have a lot of things to do. And then, you know, getting marketable, getting the skills you need to get a job in your career field of choice. And then number three is, man, you're not going to find people who are more passionate about throwing than me uh, in track and field than Coach Knight and myself. And, um, you know, we, we're, we're building the national championship program. Um, and so if you want to be a part of an elite Division three track and field team, then McMurray, that's, to me, that's the, that's the choice you want to make. Um, and beyond that, we have such a great track and field team to be a part of. Um, we constantly talk to our athletes about being great teammates. So when you are a part of McMur McMurray track and field, um, like if you're on the throws team, you have 30 throwers that are there screaming their guts out for you while you're in the ring throwing. And we get more out of that by being this one unit. Um, we bring energy, we bring, um, you know, this commitment to give our best to each other as well. Um, and so you get the best out of yourself that way by being a great teammate first, and then you're going to get that in return. People cheering for you, screaming their head off when you're in the ring. Um, you know, cause sometimes throws are off by themselves, but you still got, you got 30, yeah. 30 people cheering for you. Yeah. Um, in that meet. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be a part of that team. That's cool, man. Dude, final question. Your dad is, uh, what's he doing nowadays? And he, I'm sure he's proud of you. Yes. Very proud of me. Um, he's retired now. Okay. So they live in Wellington, Texas. My mom and dad, they, they, when they retired, they moved to Wellington. Um, but really cool. My dad wrote a book. Um, so he wrote a Western book. What's and, the name of uh, Man, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> so bad that I don't know it at the know it at this exact moment off the top of my head. That's all right. We'll, we'll get it. We'll put it in the notes. Yeah, I can I can give you the name and uh, definitely put it in the sh uh, show notes. But he's a published author uh, of a western novel. So if you're That's a cool. western novel fan, you need to get that book and, and read right, it. Cool. And your brother, what is he, did he graduate from AM? What's he doing nowadays? Yeah, he. Uh, he graduated from WT, so he finished oh. his degree at WT A and M. Okay. Both of my brothers actually got degrees from WT A and M. Okay. So my oldest brother works for Bell Helicopter now, and oh. then my other brother Matt, who threw at A and M, he works for Planes in Pampa now. So okay. he's a truck driver for Planes there in Pampa. And you said you have two kiddos. I heard you yes. say Harper. What? What's the other? Hunter is eight, um, and then Harper is four. Oh, oh, okay. Well, there's two years from starting to throw. Now, will you give them the 12 pound or you give them we'll the 4K? See. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you know, man, it's one of those things like I'm so driven that I don't, 
I don't want to push it on them. Yeah. They want to do it, then I'm going to be there. But I try to be like, I know how driven of a person I am. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. there's part of that that I don't want to, uh, there's some brokenness in me, right? And being that <laughs> driven sometimes that that's a good thing. And then some, there you can, you know, you can take it to extremes. Um, so I don't want to push push that off on my kids too much. But if they want to golf, do golf clubs what? first. Golf yes. clubs first. Let mom handle golf clubs. Oh, there you go. Then we can circle back to throwing. That's right. <laughs> for that's sure. Right. For sure. Uh, man, awesome. you got anything else? No, that's it. That's what's good. good Cody, stuff. thanks, man. I, I, I've heard, man. I've heard good things about you, and just I should have probably. I'm sitting here thinking, man, we should have had you on earlier. What a great story. So, but I'm glad we finally got you on, dude. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, and I, I have throwers coming through my system and program all the time. If maybe, you know, if you have one that you think that's a good fit for you, we can send them your direction for sure. For That'd sure. be fantastic. So, it really so, would. It really would. So well, keep up, keep it up, man. We're going to be rooting for you. And, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing those marks and indoor and stuff. When's y'all's first indoor meet? We're hoping to get one in December. We want that. We love that December meet. Um, right. And so um, hopefully we'll get to go to December 4th, be our first December. meet. And then we have I mean, a long it, break. In Albuquerque? Um, we go to Pitt State. Oh, y'all go to Pittsburgh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, cool. Yeah. We find that our kids perform better in December than they do the first week of January when they come back from Christmas. Yeah. Break. So we like to get that December meet in. For sure, for but, sure, for sure. Man, I can't tell you how much I enjoy this, and I'm very thankful that y'all have me on. I'm honored. Um, this was a lot of fun. Please send throwers our way. And, um, man, you know, the Lord's blessed me. Like, I finally know how to coach now. I was a good thrower. Now I'm really learning how to coach as well. This year, we are really ready to be a really good throws program. So we're we're going to have some good marks. Now, and just, and I'll ask you this too. We'll probably cut it out, but you don't look for certain marks. There's not a criteria that you look for a shot mark or a disc mark, boys or girls, before you, you know, allow a walk on or a scholarship or anything like that. We do have a little bit, you know, okay. and so it's this balancing act of, it's hard because we're D3. So we kind of let almost anybody come mm -hmm. to program. However, for me, if it's not going to be a good experience for them. So let's say they can't make our conference team in any of these throws. Then that's something they need to at least be aware of in that decision. Yeah, mm -hmm. And so that's yeah. how we, that's how you balance that. But if yeah. you're just wanting to be a part of a team, you know, and that's really what you want, then we're, we're a good fit for, for kids as well. And so, all right, and I'm, my, dude, I could talk to you for like five hours. So I, I'm curious. So you're in Texas, you know, Ron Krauser, Valerie Allman, did you watch the Olympics? And what's your, what's your feeling about U.S. throwing now going or coming out of the Olympics as a I'll, big fan? I'm sure you are. Oh, man, I'll, I watched every moment of it. I loved it. This is a good story. Like, this is the grace of God. So I'll love to testimony, testify to the presence of our living God. So we were on vacation and I was in the other room and I was eating and they weren't even watching um, the Olympic trials when he broke, when Krauser broke the world mm -hmm. record. So they happened to flip on to the station. Um, and then I was eating, I'm a thrower, right? I love to eat. The food I was eating at that time just started to taste horrible to me. Mm -hmm. I, this is, this is, true story 
mm-hmm. like it was like disgusting. So I wasn't even close to being done with my meal, but it's like, oh, this is gross. And so I stopped eating and I walked into the other room. The moment I walked in, Ryan Krauser, that was him breaking the world record at that moment, the live throw. If I'd have just plowed through and just ate my <laughs> meal, I would have, I wouldn't have got to see it live. Um, so man, I'm a huge, huge fan of you know all the American shot putters right now. How yeah. impressive is it to you know throw 74-10 and get second? Yeah. You know, um, and yeah. so but what Krauser did is like amazing, man. That's unbelievable. 77 feet is that's insane. It's incredible. And then yeah. what Valerie did as in the discus, man, super proud, super proud that. Man, the U.S. won a gold medal in the disc again. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big deal. Um, I'm proud of our hammer throwers. Our hammer throwers are really starting to come on. I yeah. was hoping they would do a little bit better at the Olympics than they did, but their Olympic trials was incredible. Um, and that the American hammer is really, really coming. Um, I think we need to do more younger development with the hammer and the jab at a younger age if we're going to be really competitive in those throwing events, though. Um, and so, you know, maybe they just can be summer programs or, or something like that, because yes, there's the, they're expensive events and there's lots of safety issues, but we, we need to get some of our young throwers learning those are events at a lot younger ages. I definitely agree. We do need more, more weight and hammer camps and education, especially javelin in the state of Texas, for sure. So just to give kids more avenues to go out and we're so fixated on, football and then basketball for girls and boys that a lot of those kids you know are not those five star on rivals.com don't realize that they have avenues to go throw and and have get coached by coaches like yourself you know at the d3 level and have an opportunity to go be successful and be an all-american so yes so yes very cool i think hammer you know that's an event that the u.s can be really really good at oh you know um javelin we don't have the movement quality the rest of the world does you know and so that's going to be harder for us to do now we can do better at the javelin as well um but i think hammer is and is an event that that we can do really well at oh yeah. So we oh yeah get some learning a little younger than we can do better you know um so yeah, there's up and coming through coming through college and stuff. So we're yeah, we'll we'll see. So hopefully Whitney Whitney made the finals this year in the trial. So with a PR, so she maybe can. she can be the up and coming thrower. So so I don't know yeah, if she'll ever cool. beat Deanne. Yeah. But. yeah. <laughs> I check JC would probably kick my butt for saying that. <laughs> so yeah. Cody, thank you so much for being on, man. God bless you and your family. Keep it up, dude. And we'll we'll see you down the road. And if you ever need anything from us. Feel free to reach out, okay? Yeah, really right, appreciate thank awesome. you so much. If Take I can care. do anything for y'all, let me know too. Oh, yes, for sure, man, for sure. Right. Thank well, you. We'll, I'll, I got your number. We'll be in contact for sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Well, we like to thank Cody for being on, uh, talking to those podcasts, Texas style. Uh, just a, a few takeaways. I just love the fact of the, the mind coaching that he implements with his athletes and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I just, I, I listen to him talk and I just see the passion and the fuel in his eyes. I could see that young 10 year old boy trying to keep up with his brothers in the backyard, you know, with instructions Stratford, Texas. in Stratford, Texas, with instruction from their dad of trying to keep up with that and, and have success. I just, 
goes to show you good, hard family values at an early age will carry you through life. And that's very obvious for Cody. Um, it carried him through his college collegiate career, being an All-American, now into coaching and now full circle to be a master's coach. And I just think that he lives and breathes coach, I mean, throwing. And that's, that is awesome. And with the perspective of having a strong faith and belief in God that, you know, from, from being in a Christian band to, yeah, you know, to being a pastor. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So <laughs> he just talked a lot of, you know, being a, like coaching is his ministry. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's for so many people who are in the coaching world or teaching world or, you know, it's kind of, it's your field, it's your, it's your ministry. It's where you go out every day and coach life to kids. Cause it's yeah. always, even, you know, in our club, it's more than about throwing. So yeah. great stuff. And so, yeah, I just, oh. just, I'll really, really like the fact that it's, it's about coaching the mind for the kids. Cause some kids feel so defeated and feel like they're not valued and they have to compete compete with the Joneses, so to speak. But like, mm -hmm. if you just say, okay, I'm just going to throw one inch above this kid or yeah. compete two inches above this kid, that you can reach that goal and that can create some self-worth for, for that kiddo. Yeah. And then, then who knows, maybe five months down the road, they can throw 200 one, feet, yeah. the big time mark. So, can't do it so yeah. I, I'll yeah. tell you what, if you're a young thrower and you're looking for a university to go to and you're looking for a great coach, I would really maybe check out McMurray University in Abilene, Texas yeah. and uh, check out uh, Coach uh, Cody Brotherton for sure. We'll see awesome. y'all down the road. Awesome. All right, we're gonna thank our sponsors again, Texas Track and Field Coach Association. TTFCA.org. Go check them out. Um, like Jason said at the beginning, got lots of people signing. Um, so you can go find all that information. Fourthrows.com. Use the code TALKINGTHROWS10 to get 10% off to find all of the great implements you need as track season is rolling around. Um, Porta Circle. Make that throwing more accessible. Get you a Porta Circle. You can throw it out in your backyard and at least have a visual if you can't, if you don't have a dad who's going to dig you, dig you a little trench. Use the code TALKINGTHROWS10. Um, to get 10% off. And then if you're in Austin, go check out um, Zach Phillips at Ready Up Athletic Development. Those guys do a great job, readyupad.com. So you can check them out. Hello, Talking Throws Texas podcasters. I'm Bruce Caldwell. I'm here today to introduce the Fiber Sport Discus. Yes, many of you thought I only made great vaulting poles. I have been bringing quality discuses to the thrower's hands for over 40 years. First as Cantabrian USA representative, then for the past 10 years as the Nelco discus distributor. I introduced the yellow plated discus for the plastic's dur best durability. If your fiber sport discus breaks, we replace it. Our studies have reached into the science of using a wind tunnel and adding microchips to the discus to find the spin, the gravity, the flight stability of the discus. We have found it's not about rim weight anymore. It's more about creating a balanced stability to allow the discus to fly and surf the wind. Our new fiber sport discus is made to be selected to fit your needs, no matter the weather, no matter the conditions. Check out our discus selection guide at fibersportdiscus.com and find a dealer in your area that sells our fine product. Thank you, Jason Janelle, for allowing me to talk with your listeners on Talk and Throws Texas Style. And then remember to go to the Throwing Factory um, and check us out. We got lessons going on. We got all sorts of great stuff. Um, check out Coach Kai 
and Coach Charvis, Coach Smith, I'm sorry, and Coach Charvis, and um, sign up and get some lessons. Yes, and then remind everybody about uh, LiftingDFW.com, Human Performance. It is a mobile fitness station that can help you um, develop your roles in life, whether you're that five-star athlete, stay-at-home mom, middle-aged man, or that youth wanting to develop in in whatever sport, basketball, uh, Lifting DFW might be able to reach those goals. So go to LiftingDFW.com. My contact information is on there. Uh, feel free to reach out with any questions. Awesome. Thank you, guys.